Let's turn to Exodus 33. Today my message is entitled, Show Me Your Glory. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you'll send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you. I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Can we say that together? Now show me your glory. My question for you today is, have you ever experienced the glory of the Lord? Have you experienced the glory of the Lord? My concern is that American Christianity has been relegated to religious practice. My concern is that what we think of as our faith is going through some motions, maybe opening up a devotional book with a nice cup of coffee, which we're more excited about than the book itself, uh, coming to a service, singing a few songs. Basically, our Christianity is sprinkling a little religion on top of our secular lives. And that was never what God intended. And so this morning, I am praying as I'm speaking that your hunger will be whetted for real, a real touch from God, a real experience with him because the same Jesus who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, laying hands on the sick, transforming the crippled, the broken, the leper, even raising the dead, is living today. And the same God who showed up for Moses is the same God that you are following and my prayer for you, I've just been praying this all week for you as I walk up and down on the trails and my mountain just crying out to the Lord is that you would not be satisfied anymore with normal life, but that your heart would say, Lord, show me your glory. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement said this, the ability to hear what God is saying to see what God is doing and move in the realm of the miraculous comes as an individual develops the same intimacy and dependence upon the Father as Jesus did. When I first heard that God was moving in the Bible, it gripped my heart and I thought I have to have what these people, these, these simple college students are talking about. And so that's what led me, instead of going to Vail, Colorado with a group of college students, to load up a bus and go to the dusty border town of Juarez, Mexico, crying out, Lord, God, I've gotta see if you're truly moving. And I wanna tell you, as the, the pastor talked about the people that were seeing the glory of God, it was offensive to me because he talked about the power of the Holy Spirit, he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he talked about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I had been opposed to. However, as he talked about that, and hopefully for some of you, as you hear testimonies, and you see five people baptized in a, in a hot tub in San Diego, when you're hearing a, a, a woman that's sitting in the same service with you that had MS that was 
was on her back, now ministering Turkey. When you're hearing about someone who hasn't walked in five years, your heart's burning, and you're like, if that's going on in earth, I have to be in the middle of it. And so when I was sitting in that little old church building in Mexico, hearing a pastor talk about God moving around the world, and that God was using unschooled and ordinary people who had been with Jesus, I, I said, I have to be a part of that. So I actually ran from the back of the auditorium to the front when he said, who wants prayer? And that's what I'm praying for. Actually, I saw that two weeks ago. I was in, in a Texas uh, A&M College Station, and I was telling my story, and the second I said that, a whole group of people started running towards the front. Now, they are Aggies, so they do crazy things, but I loved seeing that hunger, and people started getting touched. I'm, I'm praying for a people that get so hungry for God that they're willing to be undignified. That's what it says of David in the Bible. King David, the greatest king in Israelite history, it said he was undignified as he danced before the Lord. That's what I'm praying for in our church. Moses said this, Moses asked a question, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other peoples on the earth? What will distinguish me and your people? This past week, I got to be in Mexico not this week, but the last week, I got, I got to be in Mexico, and we were, we were visiting a home of this, this family in a, in a very poor area. And uh, we were doing that because a, a guy in this church had started a little home group, and he said, hey, would you guys come down and minister? We wanted to become a church. And so we were just going to have tamales. That was the point. Go to this home, have some tamales, meet the leaders of it. And as one of the, the women, I asked her to share her story of how she came to know Jesus because in this whole area, there was no church. So I'm, I was intrigued how she came to know Jesus. And she starts telling her story. And as she told her story, she was talking about a lot of the pain in her life. And as she was talking about the pain, I felt like God gave me a word for her. And so I said, hey, can I just give you a prophetic word? And, and as we did this, you just sensed the presence of God. I, I could sense the atmosphere changing. And all of a sudden we said, well, can we just pray for you? So she stood up. There's about 10 family members in the home. We start praying for her. I think I have a picture. There it is. I, the power of God starts touching her, okay? And she starts to just tremble. And then she starts, she starts just crying. And you're like, whoa, God is doing something. A, a young uh, man runs out of the house. And I'm like, oh, he must not like what's going on. So that's what I thought. No, what I didn't know is he was running to get his father because he knew God had just showed up. His father crosses the threshold and tears start pouring down his eyes. So the second he walks into the room, tears start pouring down his eyes. And I'm, I, I go, I can see that you're hurting. I put my arms around him, and he starts to weep. We pray for this, this other young woman right here. And she, she had real, long, fake eyelashes and, and dark makeup. And you're like, oh, she's, she's been in, in dark stuff. We start praying for her. The power of God starts touching her. She says, I have uh, problems. I have like cysts. Uh, through my abdomen, we start praying for her, and she all of a sudden, her eyes get big, and she's like, all the pain is gone. I feel completely healed, and then the power of God starts touching her, and she starts shaking, and I'm like, God's touching you. Why don't you help me start praying for other people? 
So she starts praying for other people. Then a, a mother turns and goes, pray for my teenage son. I said, why? She goes, because he is in rebellion and he is a bad boy. <laughs> like, wow, that was very subtle. I'll look at the, the boy and he's like this. And so I'm like, I don't have to pray for you. It's okay. And all of a sudden he goes, puts his head down and starts crying. I go put my arms around him. He starts wailing. I said, are you ready to repent and give your life to Jesus? It was a, this really elaborate gospel presentation. Are you ready to repent and give your life to Jesus? Yes! Praise gives his life to Jesus. This, this is another kid that we start laying hands on. He just craters to the floor. And, and he's all of a sudden, he's uh, writhing. And you can tell he's being demonically attacked. So we command two spirits to leave him, and all of a sudden he's full of joy. Bottom line is God visited that house. And, and it grew from 10 family members. They just kept calling more. By the time we were done, there were 20 family members in that house. Um, the, the next night we're doing evangelistic, uh, evangelistic meeting, and that woman that you know I told you had the dark makeup and the fake eyelashes, she shows up. And instead of looking like a, uh, like a woman of the night, she looks like this sweet young girl. And I give an altar call. Now, remember, she was helping me minister the night before, and she gets saved. And I'm like, wait a second. We prayed for you. The power of the Spirit help hit you. You were ministering to people, and then you get saved the next night. Find out she was in a cult. She was in a, in a demonic cult, and she was, she was uh, in an adulterous relationship. And she gets saved. And then, then she really started helping me minister that night. All these people were saved. Uh, my, my point is this. God is breaking out at this time. And yes, I'm seeing a lot of bad news. But every time I, I'm opening my news, I'm also seeing that God's moving. God's starting to move in power. And he wants to use you. He wants to reveal his glory my, my concern is that our mindset is too religious, that our, our mindset is too confining of God. Jesus said this, for the Son of Man did not come, uh, the, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to, to serve and lay down his life for many. And then he also said in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. What does it mean to save the lost? If you look at that Greek word, that Greek word is sozo, sozo. So if you, if you actually study what save means, it's not just to make someone a little more Christian-y. Okay, I think that's what we, we think is, oh, it's just gonna modify someone's behavior a little more. Maybe they'll start wearing Christian T-shirts. Um, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll come to church once a month. No, what that word means is to save, deliver, protect, and look at this, to, to heal, preserve, and to make whole. When someone is saved, it transforms everything. It transforms everything in their life. And this is what we're contending for. We're asking for the total transformation of lives. You think, well, um, you know, th this happens, this really happens in, in Mexico or this really happens in Turkey. I want to tell you, God's wanting to break out in the United States. 
And he's wanting to display his glory in the United States. Let me read to you one of the scriptures I'm most impacted by. I've been looking forward to talking about Exodus 33 and 34 because it's been something that has gripped my heart for years. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When, the Israel, when Aaron and the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. They were afraid to come near him. Now, my question is, when you read the Bible, do you believe it? My question is, when you read the Bible, does it make you long for what happened in Scripture? You see, I'm thankful I grew up in church because at least it gave me a foundation of biblical truth. But we used stories in my church about Jesus walking on, on water of, uh, you know, more proverbially, like, so you can, you too can go into your school with confidence and walk on the school halls, you know, and um, we talked about the multiplication of food, you know, it's, and, the, and, the, and the one child brought his food, and that's why if you share, God can do great stuff with it. You follow me? Um, a blind man saw, and someday God will bring spiritual sight to blind people. We spiritualized everything instead of actually believing for what Scripture was saying, and that's actually not I mean, you, you can do that, but the scripture actually says of itself that all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for training and correcting so that the man of God might be thoroughly equipped. So when I read the scripture and I see something, I say, God, I want to experience that. And that is my challenge for you. So back in college, I remember reading about Moses' face being radiant, about being in the presence of God, Scripture says they talked to God face to face like a man talks to his friend. I read that and I said, I want that, Lord. And can my face be radiant? Uh, I, I grew up in Austin, Texas, and so I'd gone off to college to Baylor University in Waco, Texas, but when I was a, a high school student, I was a, a rebel. I was a bad boy. So I would I would go and party in the clubs. I had my fake ID, and I'd go to the, to, the, to the clubs on 6th Street. So 6th Street, I don't know what it would be equivalent to in San Diego. There's not, there's not like a whole street that's devoted to dozens and dozens of clubs, from what I can tell. But I would go there, and on Halloween night, there would be a couple hundred, there'd be 100 to 200,000 people who would descend on the street. Think Bourbon Street, New Orleans. So once I came to Christ, I was like, you know, that's where we need to be on Halloween night. You know, we need, we need to be where all the partiers are and show them something more authentic. So I was leading the college ministry, and so we took several hundred college students to 6th Street to share the gospel, to worship and share the gospel. Why not, right? People are looking for something. Let's show them what they're looking for. But I remember reading, I, I've been reading the book of Exodus and seeing that Moses' face shine. Sarah was there. She helped me lead that. Um, and so I started praying, Lord, would you let our faces shine? And I, I remember a, 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 a pastor, you know, talking to us about this. And I said, well, I'm just praying. I'm actually praying for a glory to, to be on our faces. And I remember this person saying, well, that's, you know, that's kind of proverbial. That's not really what you need to pray for. But I just, I had faith in my heart, like, God, we're going into the darkest night. Let our faces shine. 
We pull up in numerous school buses and we're walking to 6th Street. We're walking with a group of hundreds of students. But me and my buddy Brian are in front. No lie. There's two women walking towards us and all of a sudden they go, whoa, whoa, how are you doing that? Okay, we're not doing anything. We're like, we're just, we're all just prayer walking to the spot we're going. And they're looking over our heads. They're going, whoa. And I say, what, what? And they go, there's light shining over your heads. Like, like halos. How are you doing that? And we're like, really? <laughs> and we got to tell them about Jesus. What if there was such glory on us that it stopped unbelievers? They stopped and asked us what was going on with us. That's what happened that night. We get to our spot. Um, we, we, we put up a cross on the darkest night of the year. We put up a cross and we gather on hundreds of us and we start worshiping God. And some people were repelled by us, but others were drawn. It's kind of like bugs drawn to a light, you know? And, and, and they came in and uh, I'll never forget seeing my buddy talking to a person dressed as the devil. That night, my, we, we forever said, that night Billy led the devil to the Lord. <laughs> it was incredible. A guy came dressed as the devil and he gets saved. Um, one woman walked up and she had two, two blind friends on each arm. And so we stopped and uh, I actually laid hands on these women and I, we talked to them about Jesus and um, we told them what we were doing and prayed for them. And man, I felt the power of God come. And I, in the end, I asked them, are you any better? And they said, you know, they, they couldn't see any better. They had really experienced God and I was, I was bummed, but we, we, we to told them how much God loved them and you could tell they were so touched. That night, numerous people gave their lives to Jesus. The light had come to a dark, to a dark place. Uh, several weeks later, I'm speaking at a conference and a young woman runs up to me and she's good. she said, I've been looking for you. I've been wanting to tell you this. This is before everyone was online on Instagram and easy to find. She said, you guys gave uh, an invitation to that woman with her blind friends and one of the women showed up to the church because she was so astonished. She had detached retinas and she came to the church seeing. That's impossible, by the way. Uh, I want the glory of God, to be honest. I want the glory of God, and that is a very dramatic, those are very dramatic stories. But I wanna tell you what hooked my heart in life in college was seeing a young woman and, and know her face, she didn't have a actual light over her, but her face had been changed by being with Jesus. Like there was a joy that emitted, there was a peace that emitted from her face. Listen to this scripture, it says this, but we all with open faces, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me give you a summary of that. You become what you behold. You become what you behold. You watch football all the time, you're gonna be talking about football. 
You spend time with Jesus, you're gonna start looking like Jesus. And my life was changed by a young woman, 18 years old, who had spent so much time with Jesus that she started to look like Jesus. And that's been one of the great joys in this church is seeing some people that came in looking very different. I remember the first time I saw Matt Kirk, our, our pastor in Bali, he had been leading a gang, and the first time I saw him, I actually told our security team, watch that guy. And within a couple of years, people would just start talking about how much his face looked like Jesus. A very tattooed Jesus, by the way, but Jesus nonetheless. Isaiah 60, this is God's heart for his church. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Could it be that we're missing it in America with our evangelism because we thought it's all about this when it's supposed to be all about this? What if the greatest way that you share Jesus is by being with Jesus so much that you start looking like him? Exodus 33:18. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence, and I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you can't see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me when you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with the back of my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back. And my face, but my face must not be seen. So I'm, I'm talking story after story about people coming to know Jesus, about miracles, about signs and wonders, but my greatest desire, I, I love when God's moving. I, I want you to be with us in the stadium event on April 1st in San Diego High School Stadium. I mean, how cool. We're gathering all of these churches uh, all of these different pastors are going to be there with us. We're actually, what we've been doing is we've actually just been declaring healing and not even laying hands on people in the beginning and just saying, if God's touching you, stand up. And we're having all these people stand up and, and all these miracles. And then we're laying hands on people that, that weren't healed then. And God is moving. I get really excited about God moving supernaturally because no one leaves that place and goes, huh, is God, like, is God real? No, they, they've experienced him. I love that. But can I tell you what I love more? I love being with Jesus. Like, my favorite time of every day is my time up on my hill behind my house just walking with him and actually feeling his presence. Have you ever felt the presence of God? Like, have you felt? If you haven't, don't stop now. Like, start asking. The Bible says, seek and you'll find. The Bible says, knock and the door will be opened to you. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. My greatest desire for you and my greatest desire in life is that you would taste the glory of God in your own 
life in the privacy of your own home, and then we'd come together like this, and we wouldn't just be a church that said, oh, we did, we did a church service. No, we would sense God with us. That's what happened to me when I was young, is I started tasting in the presence of God, and I said, if, if it's like that, then I want to spend time with God. And I, 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 I got this, this chance happened meeting with this hero of the faith, because I, I was the only person who showed up to paint the church that day. And, and so no one else was there, so he was like, hey, you want to go to Taco Bell with me? And I said, yes, I'd love to. And, and, and so my question was, if I wanted to give everything to Jesus, what would you do? And he said, I would set aside I would set aside a good amount of time. Like, I would set aside hours to be with the Lord. He goes, you'll never have more time than this, than you do now. And I took him at it. And God started meeting me in my time with him. And I started, I started experiencing his presence. Not, not all the time, but there were just times in my time with the Lord where I started actually feeling the presence of God. I started to hear his voice. I started to experience his power. And then there were times like where we'd come into a service and there would be such a hunger and a thirst that he would start pouring out and I got addicted to it. And there's been times where the power is so strong that I couldn't move. And you know what? That's what I see in the Bible. That's, I actually see in the Bible that God's power is awesome. And my desire is that this church, that we would say, God, we want more. Like, we want more of you. Not, so, not, not even just to see you move, although we desperately, in this dark hour, we need to see God break out. We need to see the healings. And we, my, for crying out loud, we need to see the deliverances. There's more suicidal and, and people that are demonically afflicted than ever before. So we desperately need that. And I want to see that people come to the Lord. But, but my greatest desire is to be with him. And do you know that you, like, it's not relegated. Do you, do you know who got to see the glory of God? The man who asked for it. Wow. And you think, well, I'm too busy or my life is too full. Um, no one was more busy than Moses. Like, who in here is leading three million people? Well, you're like, yeah, but I've got, like, basic practicals. No, Moses, they didn't even have food. He was having to worry about, like, where's the food? Where's the water going to come from? He had to sit all day and settle disputes. If anyone was busy, if anyone had responsibilities in life, if anyone had problems, right, his, his brother and his adopted father wanted to kill him. Okay, he had family problems. And yet, what does he say? He says, Lord, show me your glory. I can't go without your presence. Can I just tell you that there's no one in this room with more problems than Moses, there's no one in this room with more responsibilities than Moses, right? There's no one in this room with a bigger family and a more dysfunctional family than Moses. And yet, what was his cry? Show me your glory. And what's God's response? I will show you my glory. And that's what I want to tell you, that God put that in the Bible for you. And my question is, are there some people in this room that want to see God's glory, that want to cry out, for God's glory. I'm gonna invite the band back up now.